1: Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Knots or Knowledge New Old Twists, is a social enterprise dedicated to promoting engaging and meaningful learning experiences for children, regardless of their location. So they do this through their Vanishing Classroom, which reintroduces outdoor and traditional learning methods to our 21st century students. So their goal is to offer kids immersive, hands-on education that goes beyond simply transferring knowledge. Instead, they aim to create platforms that encourage skill applications and practice. So today on the show, I'm joined by the co-founders of Knotts. uh Joining me today are Noshida Wati Abdul-Rasid and also Jolene Koh. They're going to tell me all about it. Welcome ladies, how are you today? Hi
0: Juliet, thank you for having us. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you putting a highlight on our work.
1: No, it's my absolute pleasure. I've been hearing so much about you guys. So I'm glad uh, that we finally have this opportunity. Um, you know, before we get to talking about knots, I, you know, I was just reading both of your sort of bios, right? And I do understand that you were uh, colleagues, right, back in your days uh, in WWF Malaysia. You were both very much uh, involved in the Education for Sustainable Development there. And you're both, of course, educators, right, uh, in your own ways. Can you tell me a little bit about what led you uh, to be interested in Education for Sustainable Development in particular? Uh, Shida, you want to go first?
0: Yeah, um, thank you Julia. Um, for me, is because I uh, graduated with a bachelor's uh, degree in education. I used to teach English. So I've been, uh, I considered myself a teacher all my life. And I've been in the education industry uh, for 25 years. So, um, I mean, And I started in WWF as an education officer and I went up up till before I left, I was a senior manager and we were uh, doing a lot of strategic, uh, I was doing a lot of strategic work for the education uh, program in WWF Malaysia. So, um, and I think that it's um, it's natural that if I were to leave uh, an organization, it would be doing something that I love. Uh, teaching has always been my passion and uh, I have always been teaching adults and I wanted to challenge myself to maybe move on to another uh, more tougher target group which is children (laughs) hardest (laughs) one
1: the hardest I see
0: (laughs) yeah I think it's it's tough I mean and they are uh, an honest uh, client of us so (laughs) if they like you yes if they like you they'll tell you if they don't they will as well so uh, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. So I guess uh, that's what uh, started uh,
1: that's what, why I actually started not.. Okay. Yes. L- I'll ask you later about some of the unfiltered comments that you have uh, <laughs> received okay? but, uh, for you For you, Jolene. Uh, yeah, you also I mean, I know your background is in uh, marine science, am I correct? Uh, but uh, yeah, how did education come and education for sustainable development in particular? Why was that something important for you?
2: Um, so, I started my career as an environmental consultant um, and I've seen also a lot of developments and um, I, real- I come to a realization that education is very, very important, especially education for sustainable, and sustainable development for um, the youth mm. and then also the children, which is um, our future generation. So therefore, I uh, changed my career path and then joined WWF uh, in their education unit. And that's where I'm exposed to programs for youth, uh, specifically for um, universities and also um, secondary school students. Mm. So after many, many years in WWF, I found that um, there are also gaps or uh, the need to address um, Education for sustainable development in the informal manner, mm-hmm. which is going down to the community, uh, grassroots up. So that's uh, that's where um, Shida and I we uh, decided. Okay, why why not you know, embark on a journey that we are both passionate and also to help? Because we know that uh, we can't do this alone. We can't work in silo. So we have organization doing all the formal education uh, everywhere. Mm. So I we find that uh, working with the community would, I would say, uh, improve or will give better impact in terms of um, achieving our conservation goals. So therefore, we started Nots.
1: Okay. All right. And and here you are now. Uh, so Nots, you know. Um, you describe it as a social enterprise focus on outdoor and traditional learning methods. Am I correct? I mean, talk to me about, you know, how that whole idea came about. So yes, okay, you you identified gaps, isn't it? So you wanted to fill those gaps. You wanted to sort of uh, go down to a more grassroots level. Would I be right in
0: saying that? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, correct. Um, when we, well, we both have been actually working in the formal system. Mm-hmm. So and as Jody mentioned, there is a, a gap in which uh, we do need to also put focus and highlights on community education, where community is uh, educating the community. Mm. So there is, um, and when it comes to sustainable development, um, the the policy the policy makers are doing a great job in translating it uh, in policies. Uh, where where corporations are translating it into their CSRs and ESG. But when it comes to trans uh, at the community level, there has got to be a focus on how then the community would uh, be able to translate uh, education for sustainable development or sustainable development at the community level. And uh, we cannot go. Uh, science, uh, well, scientific on everything when it comes to the community. They need, they, they need to know how exactly as an individual for them to then translate uh, the knowledge into action. So I guess that's where the importance of community education is and, uh, and what and this is what uh, we hope and aim to do uh, with, with lots.
1: Okay. And uh, I want, I was going to ask you guys as well, how do you define uh, define this term which I, which I saw uh, on your website, right? Immersive and, ex- and experiential approach to education, right? Uh, how do you define that in the context of, of NOT, of this social enterprise?
2: So formal education, as we know, um, based are usually or generally, happen in a classroom. Yeah. And it starts with theory. And, Rarely, it goes uh, into experiential learning. It's outdoor. It's uh, doing it. Experience it. Hands on. It. Yeah. 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 right? So, um, when we talk about immersive, uh, in terms of knots, we bring them out to that specific environment, get them to see, get them to touch, get them to experience. One of our golden rules in our vanishing classroom is actually ask all questions. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as a silly question. So if you ask, you definitely get an answer. So with that, we also um, get them to question um, their surroundings, their happenings. So they will be actually involved in that actual learning process. Not one way, you know, I just tell you, I'll give you all the knowledge. But they in return, able to ask to understand better because we believe that uh, when they understand better, when they know why they need to know all these things, they would make better decision or informed decision. Uh, Be it, you know, going back home, telling the parents, hey, I've learned this, you know, this is something that we need to do. Or uh, when they grow up, because um, because we believe when you do, you actually retain that knowledge, retain that experience um, longer. So when they are when they reach an age of you know making decisions, taking action, uh, they will be able to do that better, uh, quicker. I guess I hope, <laughs> uh, and then of course impact. Um, impact the environment because we are talking about uh, conservation or environmental stewardship. So that's what uh, we meant by immersive and experiential learning.
1: Okay. And I just want to dial back because you did mention what I was going to ask you, right? So vanishing classroom, that's a concept that you guys have coined as well, right? You want to just help uh, explain what that is exactly? Um,
0: It's actually a classroom that uh, we set up anytime, anywhere. Uh, essentially, uh, if you see in our social media, most of our, our vanishing classroom is set in outdoor mm. in a park, uh, in a in a community garden, uh, along the the river plains So um, when we do outdoor learning, we're not just doing we're not just executing the lesson. We set up classrooms. So um, so when when uh, when we first before the setup the place looks empty. And then when we have the learners, the classroom is there. And then once the lesson uh, ends, then this classroom, we pack up and the, the classroom disappears, hence the vanishing classroom. So it's actually usually um, learners will come to the classroom, but where our vanishing classroom is concerned, we will then go to where the learners are.
1: Okay. Okay, I love that because basically then anywhere, almost anywhere can be a classroom, isn't it? I mean, we can learn from and and that is also Mm -hmm. kind of the concept behind it. Okay, all right. Um, let's just go for a quick break, ladies. When we come back, uh, I want to know some more about, you know, some of the specific programs that you guys uh, carry out through NOT. I'm speaking today to Jolene Koh and also Noor Abdul Rasid. They are both co-founders of Knowledge, New Old Twists or knot which is a social enterprise dedicated to promoting engaging and meaningful learning experiences for children, regardless of locations, as we just heard. We'll continue our discussion after this quick break. Keep it here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliette Jacobs. Joining me on the line today are the co-founders of Knowledge New Old Twists. Uh, Joining me are Noshidawati Abdul-Rasid and Jolene Ko, co-founders. And Knots is basically a social enterprise uh, dedicated to promoting engaging and meaningful learning experiences for children regardless of location. Uh, They want to offer kids immersive hands-on education that goes beyond simply transferring knowledge. So before the break, ladies, you know you were telling me about uh, the vanishing classroom right? which I love. So basically anyway, you go to the learners not the learners come to you anywhere or almost anywhere can be a classroom because there's so much to learn isn't it Um, can you share some of the specific examples Um, because you do mention um, uh, traditional learning methods right and you're reintroducing those into uh, your programs right could you share some specific examples of those traditional learning methods that you are using one of
0: the things that uh, you would hardly ever find in our classroom would be powerpoint presentation (laughs) okay those
1: dreadful (laughs) things i hate them yes yes
0: um there was a phrase uh, saying that death by powerpoint so (laughs) one thing that we uh we hope to practice all throughout or we aspire to practice is not to have PowerPoint presentation on our uh, unless we're pitching for something. Yeah. Um so hence um what we do is that uh we would bring our own easels and our own clipboards, and that's where our learning materials uh, uh that's where all the um um the, the learning support uh would be. And at the same time we have the ecosystem and we have the environment as our uh, learning aid so the trees are our learning aid and if we are actually in a, in a community garden and then the herbs and the plants are also our learning aid. So these are these are the learning aids that we have. Uh, so in, and and I believe and also another uh, traditional method is actually to bring in the tacit and foundational knowledge of the elders. We do need to actually learn from experience and also history, because that's where all the traditional knowledge lies, and um, so hence then we also give rise to uh, what are some of the the uh, the learnings that we can get from the uh, the elders and also the seniors within the community. Um, no doubt that we uh, don't bring uh, that much that have not featured that uh, rather extensively in our classroom, but we do. I actually would like to actually highlight on on the experiences and also the histories of uh, and other, also the local knowledge of the, the places uh, that
1: we have across classroom. Okay, all right. And, you know, in terms of, I mean, do you face any challenges in promoting this sort of like outdoor and traditional learning, you know, with our techno- very technology-driven children and in this very technology-driven world? Any challenges that you've uh, encountered so far? kids trying to expand an insect I don't know with their hands you know thinking (laughs) it's (laughs)
0: okay one thing that um, well uh, we've done I think around 41 uh, vanishing classrooms ever since uh, 2021 Mm -hmm. not even a a minute went by where you could see uh, children turning to their uh, gadgets or devices nice so um, I would think that would uh, I would say that is something that we need to highlight. And something that I would, would tell friends is, hey, uh, in the two hours of my class, there isn't a, a, a minute went by that the children are not focusing on what we are teaching them. So uh, I, I think that uh, it's very encouraging to see them uh, forgetting that they, they actually own a device at home. So that is something that I would see uh, it as a, as a success and also a personal success
1: from, from my side. No, definitely. And I want to talk uh, specifically about the programs that you do run, right? So there's the uh, Backyard Detective Program. There's also a home edition, but yeah, maybe you want to explain what the Backyard Detective Program is all about. I love the name, by the way. Yeah.
2: Um, so we came up with the backyard uh, detective program because we believe that, uh, like like uh, our vanishing classroom learning, can happen anywhere, mm. and we will actually want them to start at their backyard, mm. hence the backyard, and we want them to be inquisitive. We want them to you know ask questions. We want them to know, um, eager to know. Therefore, detectives, hence backyard detectives. And that's where we start uh, to develop our programs and see which what sort of locations are suitable uh, that they rarely go to explore, uh, providing them chance, you know, new spaces, uh, new environment, a new ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we uh, develop this backyard detective program and uh, to continue what Shida has said, not a minute the child will be dazed or you know not off to sleep because we use all the senses and I think we all also agree that our senses are very very powerful and we if we to if we ignite these senses or we restart these senses uh, it draw in a lot of uh, feelings draws in a lot of curiosity so when we develop our programs these are what we uh, policy that that's our goal to ignite all their senses so that they can learn you know beyond or learn um, that the uh, experience that they have not experienced before in a conventional classroom so um we have the backyard detective in the community garden okay, mm-hmm. uh, whereby there learn about um, edible garden okay this mm-hmm. is uh for them to we, we want to build resilient future or resilient youth. You know, uh, I mean, we talk about food security, I mean, adults, yeah? But how do we translate it to younger children? How do we translate the importance of um, ecosystem, the importance of bees? Mm. So, we bring them down. We explore with them together. And most of the, the children may not have tasted the plants or vegetables that... We used to, or my generation used to eat all. So that's where, well, we talk about knowledge, new and old, and with a twist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And many have not touched thorns, mud. So when they see our compost bin, you, you will be surprised. That is our hit. Okay, they can spend hours. Even though, they, okay, time's up. Let's go. <laughs> No, oh, no, one more minute, please. <laughs> so they'll, they'll continue digging. So that's where we know that whatever we are doing, uh, igniting their senses is the right way to go in terms of learning.
1: And that's great, right? And you are basically taking the kids to various locations around. I mean, you guys are centred in the Klang Valley at the moment, lah, right? Um, mm-hmm. But where are some of the places that you've actually taken the kids to or where have you had your vanishing classrooms uh, and, and the backyard detectives as well?
2: So we started with um, the Taman Melawati River Tree Plains. Yeah. Um, then that, that's one where we introduce um, the river ecosystem and the supporting ecosystem that is in that uh, stretch of uh, river. And uh, the second one was in the community garden in Hatamas. Mm-hmm. That's where they learn what they can do at home as an individual or as a family and we have another location which is Taman Warisan which is just after the clan gates ah, uh, okay. stream okay. of uh, Taman Malawati River Tree uh, we do have our locations more urban um, our future location would be in Subang uh, I think we will disclose it soon enough. Okay, all right. Everything is uh, done. Um, we would like to be um, how to say accessible, as um, our core value are. So we are also looking for you know, uh, collaboration or partners where we can set up our vanishing classroom. Mm-hmm. But basically, if it's a public public area and we have access to. Uh, we will be able to set up our vanishing classroom.
1: Okay, all right. And um, that, that was actually one of my next questions. So I was going to ask how can, you, can how you guys are good, because as you mentioned, it's part of your core values, right? So how do you ensure your programs are actually uh, inclusive and ex- uh, accessible to a diverse uh, range of learners?
0: Um, well, what we do is that one thing that we do even before we start designing the program is we would actually go to the site and the place. Do a, a racki, and at the same time, uh, we actually had, would then do the uh, or organize this kind of programs in partnership with uh, a community that is within that area. So um, and there will be definitely a community leader that is uh, that, that 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 knows the area well. And they then would tell us what exactly would be their wants and needs if we were to then design a program within that site. So, hence, then uh, answers your question how we can be inclusive and how then we can address the community needs uh, within that area.
1: Okay, excellent. And um, in terms of the, the classes itself, so is it, uh, I mean, let's just talk like very basics, right? Do, you guys are the ones running it, isn't it? So it's both of you. Uh, do you, Are you planning on having more educators uh, or is it just the both of you for now? How, how, does it, how does the classroom actually work?
2: Yeah, what does it look like for anyone who's interested to join? Usually it's both of us. Okay. But uh, what we imagine or expect or we had uh, done it, is we we include the community in that area. Mm. Um, So, for example, if let's say we are in a community garden, uh, we would invite the community there uh, to assist us to be there because they are the community, they know the place best. What is better than hearing from the horse's mouth? Okay. (laughs) So... Uh, so the learners will actually understand better uh, the time, the energy poured into that space uh, to protect that space. So it gives them another perspective, not just both of ours, because they are going to hear us for two hours. So to keep, to allow them to see a different perspective and allow them to judge for themselves uh, and decide for themselves in the end. So if, uh, if it's like, in the community setting, uh, not an not open area, mm-hmm. uh, we will bring in uh, volunteers uh, which share um, the same value as us, um, not just to help us, but also to communicate or engage with our learners because we believe that uh, our learners can also learn from our volunteers and vice versa. We had engagement where the volunteers, our volunteers, we, we call them naughtiest, uh, you know, they were not only impressed, but they've learned a lot from our learners. In terms of their curiosity, I think adults sometimes have lost the magic of asking questions or, you know, imagination, innovation and creativity. So when our naughtiers you know, engage with our learners, our young learners, um, they find this new spark and then it also sparks passion. You know, maybe reignite uh, their passion that they've forgotten long ago due to busy lifestyle and things like that. So we do have uh, support from community because we believe that we really can't do this alone. And it is also part of our community building um, goal, you can say that. Mm. Uh, expansion plan, yes, definitely. we have seen impacts from our programs with the community and Shida and I we are just two (laughs) Uh, and expansion plan it is next in line Um, and we are still uh, designing planning and see how we can expand or replicate our programs.
1: Okay and would sorry is there anything you wanted to add to that Shida?
0: Yeah, um, no, Um. maybe another thing is that uh, when we involve the community, it actually goes back to one of the principles is that bringing in or giving rise to basic knowledge and, and involving them uh, in the learning itself. So there's a lot of uh, collaboration and co-creating knowledge uh, when when this classroom takes place. So I just wanted to add that as well. Yeah.
1: No, that's wonderful because, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you really need the community to play a supporting role, right, uh, in, in this sorts of initiatives. And I would imagine parents as well will be quite helpful as well if they are, uh, you know, sort of like, yeah, play a part in supporting as well right not just kind of dropping the kids off and like Haha, two hours of free time um, <laughs> but the, no, that's really wonderful and and I'm sure you have some wonderful anecdotes you know from your students who have benefited uh, from uh, from attending one of the classes right any any sh- any any stories any anecdotes that you'd like to share with us well um, we yeah, we had a
0: number of anecdotes um And you do know that we are also an enterprise with a social mission. So we have been working with, or had been working with, uh, two communities: one in Bangsar and the other one in Kotaling Jaya. So one of the things that we did was that we were teaching English uh, literacy skills, and uh, and one of the elements that we always uh built into our lesson design would be uh storytelling. So uh, uh is uh is great in doing that. So she she has always managed to actually engage and and capture the attention of children when it comes to doing storytelling. So when we first started with this community, um One of the questions that we asked, uh, we did a very, uh, very simple survey and saying that, okay, what kind of English books have you been reading? So the answer that came to us was that English textbooks. Okay, so that is the only um, engagement or the only experience they have had with the English text. So when we started with uh, our class, um, with this community, um, and we did, we actually built in, built in uh, storytelling uh, elements or storytelling skills into, into these lessons. It actually built their interest in the English language and also built uh, their interest in reading in English. And when we ended the project, um, we have had uh, children or beneficiaries coming to us and saying that. Uh, their English has improved, and we have had parents coming to us and saying that, "Hey, my children is always looking forward to your class, so that uh, he or she can can read uh, English books." So it has actually sparked an interest and has also um, also generated interest in them in reading books and borrowing books from the community libraries. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. yeah, So there's other, you know, I mean, it's not just sort of like going out and exploring. There's also some key skills and competencies, right, that students can actually achieve or gain through this uh, this approach, you know, which is not so much in the traditional classroom setting. So that's quite yeah. that's really awesome, isn't it? Yes, it is definitely. <laughs> and in terms of like partnerships or collaborations, right? I mean, is there anything that would be particularly impactful to you guys or particularly helpful for you guys? Uh, where at this current juncture, where you guys are now, you know, any anything that would be most helpful, uh, to help you guys in the work that you guys are doing?
0: Um. Well, coming from um, promo- promotion point of view, is that for them to actually uh know the work that we do and also not just know the work but value uh, the value behind the work that we do so a lot uh, of people see that we are doing outdoor learning but what kind of values that we bring into that class that that classroom mm-hmm. so there's uh, definitely there's a lot of planning and also a lot of organization going on before a class starts and uh, when it starts, um, the kind of value that we bring would be to build uh, skills like observation, that like creative and critical thinking, and letting uh, children explore uh, the outdoors. And and at the same time, when we talk about outdoor learning, it's, a, it's an environment which is dynamic. It's not the same as when we are actually seated in, uh, in a classroom, in a real classroom. So the responses are different and and I think it cannot be scripted because sometimes you can, well, okay, uh, I'm actually uh, talking in the extreme. One day you'll see a plant that's there, tomorrow it's not going to be there. <laughs> so you might then, uh, then how then do you respond to that kind of uh, questioning from Uh, from a child and uh, recently we had a a program we call nature jam so it actually uh, gets children to observe the environment and as well as the trees that are surrounding the park so one of of the outcomes is for them to come back after the observation walk and to draw a tree so you can see that there's a different different perspective on how a child sees a tree so there's a tree that's uh, there are fungus growing on it, and there's there's no apple tree, but a child sees an apple tree, and so there's a lot of perspective on how they could translate whatever they see, their perspective into, into graphics. And um, it's kind of interesting to see what would be their main focus uh, when they start uh, translating uh, whatever they see uh, on paper.
1: Okay. Again, things you don't quite get in the in the, in a traditional yes. classroom setting. Yeah. Yes,
0: correct.
1: Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, for, for anyone who's listening, who might be interested to to participate, right? I mean, how how can they do that? I mean, how often do you have uh, programs that children can participate in? Uh, yeah. What? Well, how do we how do we keep in touch as well?
0: um they can always follow us on our uh social media on ig on instagram and as well on facebook mm-hmm. um we can do a search on knowledge new altruists and we can pull that a lot of uh, our programs are promoted or we would then promote uh the events there okay um i guess um, essentially and also they can actually subscribe be a subscriber
1: to our website. That is uh www.nots.my. Okay, so that's yeah. uh, My, right? And uh yeah. Jolene, Jul- you know, for you, you know, any, any upcoming projects or initiatives uh, that you're excited about? I mean, I know you did mention some expansion plans, so there's a Subang thing happening. Uh, anything in the near future that you know, people uh, that you could that you'd like to share with us?
2: Um, there is one program <laughs> that's coming up end of this month um it is talking about the sun mm. so talking about i mean it's related to climate change uh but we know that climate change is a very very big word for young children therefore we are um how to say splitting them up into small bite size and um end of october would be our first uh it will be our trial actually to okay. to uh whether this topic is how can say it's attractive enough for young kids to learn about climate change? The first step to learn about climate change. So just keep a lookout on our social media. Uh, the the post will be out soon, I think, okay. <laughs> by, end of, by end of this week, I guess. Um, to call for participation. Okay. So if anyone is interested uh, for for children to learn bite size about climate change. Uh, that would be the f- first step that they can take.
1: And is there a particular age group? I mean, uh, is there some, yeah, at, at what age do you accept students or I mean kids to to join these programs?
2: So um, we develop programs for all ages, but uh, we can't accept all of the ages in one session. Ah, so we okay. break them out into age group. So one particular topic can be for primary to secondary school, but uh, at one session, uh, we maybe, it's about lower primary, and then upper primary, and then secondary school. Uh, okay. This is um, to make sure that um, they get the right attention, and also um, at the right level of, um, how to say, uh, engagement from us.
1: Okay. All right. Excellent. So, you know, I guess, you know, for, for anyone listening, uh, just head to the website and uh, just follow you guys on social media. Just keep updated uh, and and definitely, you know, join one of the classes. I think you need to organize one for adults as well. I'm just saying that I think we need it. <laughs> I know, putting a lot of pressure on you guys, but I think it would be wonderful. Ladies, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Before I let the both of you go, any concluding message, any last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with?
0: Um, For me, is that... Um keep a look up on our Vanishing Classroom. One of the things that uh, we have a tagline saying that uh, at the end of the lesson, the classroom disappears, but the lesson remains. So that's the tagline. Huh.
1: Lovely. Encapsulates it all. Uh, Julian, yes. anything you wanted to add? Anything, any last message?
2: If the Vanishing Classroom attracts you, or at least spark. um Uh, sparks excitement in you, please check us out uh, because I believe that there is more uh, you can find when you are with us at The Vanishing Classroom.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. I was speaking to Jolene Koh and Norshida Wati Rasid, co-founders of Knowledge, New Old Twists or Not. Again, uh, if you'd like to find out more, you can head to their website. So that uh, so the website is uh, knots.my. So that's K-N-O-T-S dot my. Uh, you can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Just search for Knowledge, New Old Twists. But if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my earth. You can also find it On the BFM app, this has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM
0: 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM
2: 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.